Good morning, and welcome to the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. With the always evolving world of cyber threats and defense, you need a source you can trust. FBI retired Special Agent Darren Mott guides you through today's intricate cyber landscape and brings you the latest headlines and insights and what it means to you. Let's dive into today's cyber news. Good morning, friends. Thursday, January 18th, 2024. This is the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. I am your host, retired FBI Supervisory Special Agent Darren Mott. As, I don't know why I say that every time because it says it in the intro, but oh well, it's a habit. So I'm going to get right into the news because sometimes the cyber gods giveth and sometimes they take it away. Today they give us lots of interesting news articles, at least interesting to me. Hopefully they will be interesting to you. As always, the articles mentioned in this particular podcast are listed in the show notes if you want to go back and read them uh, in their entirety because I'm just going to kind of hit the uh, the top-level information here on these news stories. First one really speaks to me. If you've listened to me, followed me on LinkedIn and for any amount of time, you will know that this article speaks right to me. This is from cyberscoop.com. Derek Johnson reporting. Cyber Safety Review Board needs stronger authorities and more independence, experts say. So before I get into this article, let me just remind everyone what the Cyber Safety Review Board is supposed to be. It was a uh, Similar to the NTSB, like the National um, Transportation Safety Review Board, which uh, does reviews of airplane crashes and train crashes and all that kind of stuff and gives a report on what happened. So in the 2021 executive order on cybersecurity, this Cyber Safety Review Board was created to do the same thing with cyber stuff. There's all sorts of people that are on the board that make up. They're supposed to report to these big incidents and provide information on what happened. They did it for Log4j and very little else. So let's get right into this. And it's been a big thing for me is where where are these people? Because there have been plenty of high high profile cyber incidents that could have benefited from. We all could have benefited from a, a postmortem on that. But let's see what this says. So the Cyber Safety Review Board continues to lack the authority's independence from the private sector that it needs to in order to effectively investigate major cybersecurity incidents, a panel of experts told Congress on Wednesday. Conceived as an analog to the NTSB, as I mentioned, the independent body charged with investigating accidents on airplanes and so on and so forth, um, the CSRB was created in 2021 and is charged with reviewing major incidents in cyberspace. But in a hearing before the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee, experts told Congress that the board lacks the authorities that have made the NTSB so effective at reducing major transportation accidents and that it is too dependent on the participation of corporations that it is supposed to investigate. Uh, quote, if the NTSB worked like the CSRB does now, investigations would be conducted by the FAA administrator, the chief pilot of Boeing, and the chief revenue officer of Delta Airlines, said Tara Wheeler, a cybersecurity expert and the CEO of Red Queen Dynamics. Today, the CSRB is made up of representatives from both federal agencies as well as major tech and cybersecurity companies like Google, CrowdStrike, Verizon, and Palo Alto. That means in some cases, board members may be expected to investigate failures or breakdowns within their own technology technologies or those of competitors. Certainly a problem. Many individuals on the CSRB are beloved and respected, but they do have full-time jobs and they do not have the time, freedom, or authority to conduct independent, thorough investigations. They don't have the time. not doing it at all. Heather Adkins, who is co-chair of the CSRB and the vice president of security at Google, Eh, conflict of interest there, has already announced that she will recuse herself from the upcoming review of Microsoft Exchange intrusions last year that resulted in the compromise of multiple U.S. government emails. No. Okay, good. They're doing one. But it's happened a year ago. And we're doing it now. I mean, for God's sake, people, what are we doing here? Well, there's more on this. I'm not going to read it all. 
Um, but effectively, at least they're recognizing now that this thing doesn't work. It's not doing what it's supposed to do, and it's screwed up. Uh, will they come up with any kind of information? Now, it does say they've only reviewed, done two reviews. As I mentioned, Log4j and the lapse of some criminal, cyber criminal group is what they did. Um, pretty sure neither one of those had any impact on anything uh, because cyber attacks still going on. Uh, needless to say, this is a pretty long article um, and I'm not going to read it all obviously, but um, if you want to read more, this just basically a thing's not working. It's probably not ever going to work. Um, uh, but maybe someone will come up with an idea on how to make it work, but glad to see it's there, but this comes from the no kidding file. If you ask me, all right, for you privacy experts or privacy devotees out there from cybernews.com, Justinus Benelovicus reporting. I always mispronounce his name. So my apologies to him. This says Facebook and Instagram, the worst apps for privacy, which is quite a uh, designation considering TikTok is in the group here, but Facebook and Instagram are the least privacy sensitive apps out there. While X is the most at ease about sharing uh, private data with third parties, according to new research, Meta owned Facebook and Instagram were found to be the most data hungry of the hundred popular apps analyzed for the study carried out by the cybersecure firm, cybersecurity firm Surfshark. It ranked apps based on 32 data points. They collect 32 data points they collect and are defined in Apple's privacy policy, including browsing history, payment information, precise location. Analyzing 100 popular apps on the App Store, we found a concerning trend. Nearly 20% of collected data is used for tracking, said Agendexa uh, Sablovskaya. That is way off. I pronounce that really badly. Lead researcher at Surfshark. Such track data can be shared with third-party advertisers or data brokers who use it to deliver personalized ads targeting. So when you when you are talking about or you 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 do a Google, you do a search on Facebook for whatever medicine, then all of a sudden you start getting medicine ads. That's kind of why that happens. So it does say researchers found Facebook and Instagram, who are part are all part of the same country company, are the worst apps for privacy. Both were found to collect information about their users across the board. So does it mean stop using Facebook and Instagram? It's up to you. How much information do you want to give them? Now you can go in and turn stuff off, but they change their privacy policy so often it's hard to say. Um, but it does say, unlike Facebook and Instagram, another meta-owned platform, WhatsApp, did not use collected data points to track users across third-party platforms. Uh, only One of only three in the category not to do so. The other were Telegram and Signal. They do the same thing, so those things don't do it. Um, now it does say that TikTok, Reddit, Snapchat, and Discord were the remaining four social media apps covered by the story. So those are the worst ones. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Reddit, Snapchat, Discord. So if you use those, just know that your data is being used for being sold for third-party tracking, all that kind of stuff. And you have to make a decision. Is it worth using uh, if all my information is given up uh, and do I care? So that's a question I can't answer for you, but just be aware when you're using those apps. And I mean, I use some of them myself. I use Discord. Um, I use X. I don't use Snapchat. Don't I do use reddit in a I mean, more for reading i don't really post much but um yeah so you know we often make that personal um risk decision and decide what we want to do going forward all right from darkreading.com jai Vijayan reporting sisa uh re warns that aws and microsoft 365 accounts are under active andro ghost attack Cyber attackers are targeting Apache web servers and websites using the popular Laravel web application framework in order to steal credentials from the apps. So the FBI and CISA both issued an alert about the malware campaign targeting Apache web servers. The end goal of the campaign, steal credential, credentials to high-profile applications such as Amazon Web Services, Microsoft 365, Twilio, and SendGrid. Uh, let's see, is there a way around it? Uh, doesn't really mention any 
Okay, it does say that according to FBI and CISA, Andro's ghost or Androx ghost threat actors are actually actively scanning for websites with specific vulnerabilities, specifically CVE 2017. That's an old one, 9841, a critical remote code execution vulnerability in PHP unit, a module for testing PHP code. So if you patch it, you're kind of okay, but there you go. Um, uh, also says they're looking for um, also scanning for web servers running Apache HTTP server version 2.4.49 or 2.4.50 that are vulnerable to that particular vulnerability. Um, and there's a list of it's a list of vulnerabilities that Chinese back threat actors tend to exploit in most of their campaigns. So if you're not updating your stuff, bad stuff's going to happen. Chinese are looking for these things. So just, again, be aware of it, update it uh, and be careful. All right. Also from CISA and the FBI, they warn of Chinese manufactured drones. Christian Vasquez reporting for CyberScoop. New guidance aims to help owners and protect operators protect themselves against risks. So CISA and the FBI are warning about potential threats from Chinese made drones on critical infrastructure and new guidance issued Wednesday. CISA and the FBI warned that Beijing could use drones to obtain sensitive information from critical infrastructure sites. The guidance is meant as to assist critical infrastructure owners and operators to reduce their risk from these drones encouraged from buying from U.S. companies. So who are the companies? Does it even say who they are? I know one is DJI. So that's good. Not, yeah, DJI is one. Um, which I have one of those drones, so that's a bummer, but I don't use it at critical infrastructure sites. So probably, okay, hey, I haven't brought it out in a year or so. It's probably, I don't know what it flies anymore. But anyway, concerns over Chinese-made drones have long been a concern for critical infrastructure sectors as the use of industry, industrial facilities grow. So people use drones, they use, companies use drones to map out their facilities to look at stuff. So one such company, DJI, which is headquartered in Shenzhen, China, garnered additional attention as the tech company dominated the commercial drone market, still does. The commerce department added them to the export control list back in 2020 because of national security. So key here, key point being here, if you are working um, in critical infrastructure and you want a drone to add to your security portfolio, buy an American one. So not hard to look up, figure it out, because obviously, and again, not surprised, China is going to use whatever technology they can to get into infrastructure and steal information, all that kind of stuff. All right, Lawrence Abrams of bleepingcomputer.com headline. Have I been pwned? Add 71 million emails from the NAS.API stolen account list. Have I been pwned has added almost 71 million email addresses associated with stolen accounts in the NAS.API data set to its data breach notification service. The NAS.API data set is a massive collection of a billion credentials compiled using credential stuffing lists and data stolen by information steering malware. Credential stuffing lists are a collection of login name and password pairs stolen from previous data breaches that are used to breach accounts on other sites because people use the same login password combination. They don't turn on multi-factor authentication, blah, blah, blah. So what is the NAS API data set? It's a data set allegedly containing over a billion lines of stolen credentials compiled from, like I said, credential stuffing lists. Um, so basically all I'm really saying here is go to, according to, well here, so according to Today, Troy Hunt, the creator of Have I Been Pwned, announced he added the data set. So you can go to haveibeenpwned.com, put in your email and see how much of your information has been stolen. I know I have one email address that has never been breached, which is fantastic. I don't use it that much. Um, and the other one, um, that's Darren, the cyber guy has never been breached. So thumbs up to that. But my Darren, my main one, Darren.mod at Gmail has tons of different places where the stuff's been pwned, which makes it important to go look at those things so you can see if emails and passwords have been compromised, you can then re stop using that password for that particular data breach if you know it, remember it, what have you. So um, is, it, this is kind of good why, why it's important sometimes to just forget your password and reset it for things just like this. 
All right, from Wired.com, this is a quickie. Uh, Lily Newman reporting how to stop your ex account from getting hacked like the SECs. So the U.S. subheadline, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and security firm Mandiant both had their ex accounts breached, possibly due to changes to X's two-factor authentication system settings. Here's how to fix yours. So basically, um, this is a not a tremendously long article. I'm not going to read much of it, other than. They didn't have two-factor authentication set up. They did say it was disabled. They don't. They don't say if what. So in um, the SAC has not said yet whether it had turned it had two-factor turned off accidentally as a result of X's February 2023 policy change, which made it so only accounts paying for blue subscription uh, would have access to two-factor authentication. So like I have I have the blue subscription. I pay the eight dollars a month simply for this fact. So I can I can use multi-factor authentication. If you're not paying the eight dollars a month, you can't have uh, multi-factor authentication sent to a text message. You can actually, I think if I'm not mistaken, the policy does say if you don't have it, you can still use a authenticator app. But if you had it going to the text message before, it didn't do that after the policy change. So if you're an X user, check your security settings, make sure two-factor authentication is turned on again. You can use a uh, like an app on your phone for that to generate the code. Um, but if you want the text message, you have to pay for it. So that's how you get around that is two-factor authentication. As we say all the time, all the time, all the time. Okay, securityfairs.com, Perlugi Paganini reporting. Google fixed the first actively exploited Chrome zero day of 2024. Huzzah. Google has addressed the first Chrome zero day vulnerability of the year that is actively being exploited in the wild. So Google has released security updates to address its first Chrome zero day vulnerability of the year that's being exploited in the wild. The severity tagged as CVE 2024-0519 is an out of bounds memory access in the Chrome JavaScript engine. The flaw was reported by Anonymous on January 11th. So um, that means they have a, a they have an update. So if you use Google Chrome, update your Google Chrome, your problem will be solved. And finally, I see a lot of ads for this particular site called Timu. Um, so this was just something I thought I'd throw out there from WeLiveSecurity.com. Is Timu safe? What to know before you shop like a billionaire? Here are some scams you may encounter on the shopping juggernaut, plus a few simple steps you can take to safeguard your data while bagging that irresistible deal. So if you're on social media, or use Google Shopping, the chances are you've been bombarded with ad advertising advertisements for Timu, a Chinese e-commerce marketplace that offers rock bottom prices compared to equivalents in the West. The reason being they're, they are knockoffs of whatever it is. So I would recommend you don't use the site itself, but obviously if you want a good deal, you may do that. So um, there's more about what Timu is. So the big scams are, here are the top five scams. And again, I'm not going to get into the depth because I'm running out of time here. Nude celebrity leaks, Fortnite, Roboblox, or Roblox benefits, dupe products, celeb merchandise, so on and so forth. So the key here, there's keys on how to do it. Never click through links. If you check a link, uh, visit the site independently, all that kind of stuff. So again, this is a thing on Timu. I'm not going to get into it because I've running out of time, but uh, go take a look at that. That's going to do it. Uh, there's going to be no outro today because I'm running up on my 15 minute mark. Just know that knowledge is protection. If you can understand the threats targeting you, you can assess your risk, proceed wisely. Thanks so much for listening. We will talk again tomorrow. Have a great Thursday.